Welcome to Oh Brother, a podcast of three brothers trying to figure it all out with your hosts, Brandon, Colin, and Aaron. On this week's show, The Volleyballist. Aaron. Hello. How goes it? Oh, good. Enjoying the Saturday. What are you guys up to? Ah, uh, sorry about your game. Ah. That, uh, that team's one of the top ten in the state, so it wasn't, uh, wasn't too heartbreaking, but, uh, I got a little choked up when some of my seniors came up and gave me, you know, gave them a hug, and it finally dawned on me, and I'm like, oh, that was, uh, that was some of theirs, some of theirs last game, that they'll never play football again, so, that was, that was a little, uh, that got me, uh, yeah. but, well, yeah, so, like, good game, we just had trouble executing. Um, they were also very, they were, they were a lot more physical than us. So that also did help, but I was like, oh, well, yeah, you know, yeah, I kind of came out and did this. And then it was like, Ooh, yeah, forgot it was some of their last game. So that, that was touching, but I'm not going to actually get to have a Sunday for once. Don't have to go do game film or anything. Um, now I get to help out and focus on, on basketball. And then baseball season's right after that. So, got a lot going on here in a little bit. <laughs> not like, I didn't know you were helping with basketball. Uh, I So, I am technically not, like, I'm not coaching anything, but I have to do some of the concession stand stuff. Oh, right, right, right. Um, and so, I get to go and work with that. Which, I don't, thankfully, I don't have to do, like, every game. It's a, like once or twice a month kind of thing will all go down but if it's an early home game i'll I'll swing by and go on my way home and see the kiddos and do stuff like that so nice yeah but then at, right after that right when basketball season ends uh baseball and slow pitch softball start so right in it when's the yeah. golf season start when are you doing yeah. that one Talk Thankfully, we don't think we don't have either of those sports. Water polo. <laughs> Thankfully, yes. uh, definitely just water polo. <laughs> yeah. So. Thankfully, thankfully we don't have any of those any of those sports to contend with. But, but yeah, that's um get get a chance to actually have a time off to relax and recuperate. Because that that was kind of the struggle there for a while. Because at my other school, Sundays were. When I got to game plan and come up what was going on and, you know, lesson plan to do all that stuff. But um, the past few Sundays, they were just kind of late notices and watching game films. I never got a chance to sit down and do um, proper lessons for a while. So it'll, it'll be nice to get back in the swing of it. I'll tell you a sport that has captivated uh, Lily is uh, volleyball. Volleyball. Curling. Uh, really? <laughs> Dang it. We we got to see her school um, as uh, volleyball and soccer are the two big sports there. And she got to go see some of the uh, high school girls uh, play volleyball yeah. in person. We got to watch an in-person game. And it's basically been all she can talk about for the last month. So. <laughs> well, there you go. We were at the... Looks, uh, like, looks like you need to go to Academy and get a... Get a, vol- get a volleyball and get a net and just net in the backyard, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Problem solved. Practice your dives, right? (laughs) (laughs) Megan was really good at it. Uh, uh, Still is. Uh, But uh, she played on like two different uh, teams uh, at the same time. Like there was a traveling one and a local one, and she kind of traveled. So she just like played constantly throughout the week for a couple of years. Oh, wow. Uh, Look at this. Secret volleyball knowledge. Drop in here. Did not know Megan was a volleyballist. Yeah, here we yes. go. Uh, no. yeah, there we go. Of the best degree. So yeah. um, we went to the. We've gotten a few volleyball books from the library. We just picked up another one today. So we're, we're re- reading all we can. <clears throat> the fact that there are multiple volleyball books in the library is mildly astounding to me. Well, that, <laughs> that there wouldn't be like. A volleyball. Oh no! Oh no! No no just, no! Just 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 find her find her a, a YouTube channel about basics of volleyball. Have her have her watch a have her watch a video and then go out in the backyard and work on it for a little bit and then just rinse, yeah. wash, repeat. Boom. Yes, that's exactly what first graders do. Yes, volleyball um, drills. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> so we uh, no, it's uh, some books are like. Getting started with volleyball, volleyball basic. This other one uh, was definitely written around the time of the height of Kerry Walsh and Misty May because uh, it's all about like beach beach volleyball. Yeah, and uh, what is a girl Misty May trainer? What's up? <laughs> uh, so it's kind of neat. <clears throat> kind of neat uh, to kind of go back and some of these books. You know, a lot of there's a few years old. Um, but we still enjoy reading them. Uh, Aaron, you mentioned uh, finding a YouTube channel. Um, we have we've started. Um, the kids have started to ask things because we'll, they'll ask like, "Oh, what's this?" And I'll say, "I don't know. Let's look it up." And so we'll do some googling and, and look at photos or, or read things about it. And lately, I've been trying to show them more like videos of things in mm-hmm. progress. And um, we found a a channel about. Uh, I forget the name of it. I'll have to find this for the notes, but uh, of a farmer who shoots all of his uh, like planting and harvesting with like a drone. And, <laughs> and I'll tell you what, uh, Noah and I sat there for probably about 20 minutes watching corn be harvested. And it was amazing. <laughs> uh. Man, I tell you, there are, I basically live on YouTube half the time when I'm bored, like on the weekend. I'm just like, I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to play Facts. video games and read and I'm just going to watch random things on YouTube. And the amount of channels like that that I accidentally end up watching for undisclosed amounts of time are <laughs> quite large. You know, I found an entire playlist of um, episodes from How It's Made. And I was like, oh, I love that show so much. Definitely. <laughs> I love saving shows illegally pirated to YouTube. It's my f- I mean, um, uh, I also all like stumbling your, across gyms online. <laughs> all, all of your local federal and uh, state lines yeah. in. Uh, it's fine. Yes. Uh, 100% legitimate. Some of them are like from the History Channel. Like the History Channel puts a bunch of their old stuff on there. So they legitimately have like tons of curated playlists of their old shows like that. Yep. that aren't that aren't on TV anymore they especially during uh, over the pandemic a lot of sh- channels like A&E and History Channel just dumped that stuff online yeah like here you go bam so, and so it's still there and it's 
glorious. <laughs> Noah came to me and said, Dad, how do they make road signs? And I was like, ooh, really good question. Got on YouTube, found a video from the 90s all yeah. about road signs. I was like, yes, this is awesome. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> happy. <laughs> there's, a, there's one show that I watched. And I thought I was on YouTube. I think it's on Amazon Prime now as well. If you're interested, it's called like, I don't remember. It's one of these like, it's an English show. And it's called like Tudor Monastery Farm, where it's like these living history people mm. running a farm like they're living in Tudor, England. Oh, and yeah. It's, it's literally the best thing ever. And I think there's like other series where they do it with like different time periods and stuff. Mm hmm. Yo, it's great. I, I this sounds very familiar to a PBS show that I remember watching, um, where they had uh, just like run of the mill, average Joes living like they uh, during the Western expansion, uh, uh, and so they were like, "Here's here's some basic skills about how you do these things, and now go build your log cabin," and like had them try and survive a winter in Montana. Basically, I feel like. This show sounds familiar. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I don't... I don't... Yeah. Did yeah I, hmm. Exactly. I know. No, I... Yeah. The premise of this show sounds vaguely familiar. I imagine... Mm -hmm. I saw something like this. I felt... I thought it was like a competition show, because all those weird shows like that are like competition shows, right? Where it's like, who survives it more? Was called, like, <laughs> it was called Frontier House. Frontier House. Boom. There we go. Early, it was 2000s, early 2000s. I just Googled a PBS show living on the, and it completed to Frontier. Um, I love this show. Uh, I have very fond memories of watching this. Um, and How insane. Good stuff. There we go. <clears throat> just to give you an example, I just like pulled up my YouTube on my phone and I was rolling through the recommended for me things and uh the third video here a uh, fourth video sorry is highlander survival equipment 17th century try and tested full rundown clothing so blam outdoorsy youtube channels very exciting uh yeah it goes in order in case you're interested uh this one's about dark souls this one's a skateboarding one this one's about apartments in Japan for some reason. And then the Highlander video. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's basically my, my like days. Me. And I hang out online. <laughs> yeah. No, we found another one of... Um, no, he, he wanted to know about how bobcats work. Uh, and so we stumbled across the, uh, the, the Blippi YouTube show. Um, oh, not like actual cats, the machinery. Okay. I was like, I was, I was I was like what? For a <laughs> very long time. Because he said, hey. how are bobcats made? And I was like, ooh, well, we're having a good talk. When, and then when, two, like, when a mommy bobcat and a daddy bobcat <laughs> love each other very much. And he was like, no, like uh, construction. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, dad, the tractor. Why are you being weird? Like, oh, well, oh, yeah, yeah, I got you. We will <laughs> do this. So. But yeah, no, it's been, it's crazy. Like I've been doing some dives on like uh, all the farmers who are uh, cataloging their journey. So one that we watch a lot is actually uh, 
It's called Millennial Farmer. It's called Clarkson's Farm. Uh, available on Amazon. <laughs> Watch it on repeat. And it's uh, pretty. <laughs> but no, it's good. There was even one where they were like, this is how, I mean, we got pretty deep on this. They were comparing different combine harvesters and their like harvesting ability or like rate on like this, like shot after shot. They were just like showing them like going down. Uh, uh, the rows and they're like look at this model harvesting and then this model and then we did the same thing with plows apparently guess not surprisingly in Iowa like once a year they all come together <laughs> and just like plow fields with old farm equipment and they're like we <laughs> this is exactly the type of thing I would expect to happen in Iowa that probably happens in Missouri too I'm guessing oh, yeah. uh, this was shocker. the Iowa event yeah I imagine there's a Missouri chapter of this Oh, we're like, we're going to plow like our four, like, especially down here in the Ozarks, like, we're going to plow like our forefathers. We have some donkeys yeah. and <laughs> this yeah. well, plow. Except, like, except this is like, here's this tractor from the 80s, and here's another tractor from the 70s, and here's a tractor from the 90s. And, like, <laughs> they're all, like, weird, like, one-offs, or, like, this is one that they tried using this technique, and it was awful, and they all broke. But we still use ours. <laughs> <laughs> we have the one that works. Like, <laughs> all other tractors have been ship of Thessiest into this one tractor. <laughs> exactly. There are no none other in existence, but they are all currently existing in their subsequent simultaneously <laughs> that are keeping this one alive. Yes, exactly. Like that's, <laughs> well, that's pretty much I'm sure how most of those things are. Uh, yes, I think so. <laughs> But I, I was just like, you know, it's one of those things of like, they're, they're starting to say that this phrase really makes me happy. They're like, I, I want to, I want to learn about, and then they'll say something and then like, we'll try and do a, a, a reading of visual and then maybe a, a video if we can find a, a good one to go with it. Um, but it's just kind of trying to like, okay, sure. Let's go, go try and learn about that. But see what resources are out there. Um, because I <laughs> just like, Trying to expose them to different ways of gathering information. Um, I texted you guys earlier. I got to uh, substitute at Lillian's school this week, which was mm. wonderful. Yeah, I want to hear more about this uh, insane substituting thing so, here. It's good segue. But, but I'm going to cut to uh, real quick ninth grade. The kids had a, it was like an open book quiz, and it was like, give the definition of an endocrine gland. And all the students are seriously oh. flipping through their chapter and they can't find it. And they're Bro, like getting frustrated. Glossary. And I said, I said, it's something that I used to say to my students, my students when I tutored and, and stuff. I was like, we need to use all of our book. All of it. And they were like, what? Like, but we're in chapter nine or whatever. And I was like, yes. Have you ever looked at the very back of your book? And they said, no, never. No, <laughs> no. And then one guy was like in ninth grade. Okay, great. And again, this is fine because at least I caught these students at ninth grade and not whenever they were juniors at the college level. And I was <laughs> showing him the, the glossary, but he was like, for the first time ever, he was like, whoa, like all the words are here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all the words are here. And I was like, uh huh. This is called the glossary. And I said, if the word is not in here, go to the index. 
and it has the major, really important word there. Uh, and you can uh, find listen, the page listen, number. baby steps. We can't be just jumping straight to the index, man. That's too. That's just, too rough. Too much. I was just showing them the glossary, and then so all of a sudden, like that's just like there's like the next three questions are about definitions. Guess where you'll probably find that information. And they're like, oh. So, um, I I had uh, thought about uh, being a substitute teacher with the school, and so I just filled out some initial paperwork at the beginning of the semester, and it's a small operation, and many teachers are actually just like parents with background or like some education in the process, and so it's all it's all like bootstrapped together but they've made it work for the last 30 years they've been around so it's working um and they had said hey you know they called me up uh last week and said hey uh notice that you filled this out we never completed the process um give us this information and we'll get you on the list and then like two days later i got a phone call i was like so sweet and this lady uh teaches sixth grade math Seventh grade math, uh, sixth grade chemistry, ninth grade biology slash it's anatomy, and eleventh they they bring the um, juniors and seniors together for their yearbook club, and then um, uh, oh, and then ninth grade like themes and literature, and <laughs> just like that's disgusting. <laughs> That is absolutely atrocious. I cannot. Can you imagine Aaron prepping six completely different classes, like Hard every ass. every day? No, no, no. So, <laughs> yeah. So thankfully, um, very lined out, and she had kind of, she, you know, it, it. I didn't have to do the only. I had to teach two. Two, I had to actually teach two subjects. Um, the rest were like, this is a quiz or this is, um, we're working on a writing assignment. So one of them was like an in-class writing assignment was like, describe why this book is like the number one bestseller in this genre. And all the books were, all the kids were like, ugh, I hated the book. It's awful. They probably just lied to everybody for why they liked it. Ugh. <laughs> I was like, did you go? I can completely understand all these feelings. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, uh huh. But let's look at the book itself and try and figure out like why someone might pick it up. Like, just really, like, I have some podcast episodes you can listen to to kind of help you out on your writing <laughs> journey and your literary critiquing journey. Yeah. That was the other thing too. So anyway, so I had to teach um, sixth grade math on sorry seventh grade math was um uh oh gosh what was that it flew by um oh doing like it was uh, parts of holes so it was like 80% of the 20 students failed how many students oh, okay. failed yeah, yeah, yeah. right so we were like looking at fractions and then like converting it to a number and like the way they taught it or had it lined out was like we're going to draw a box we're going to subdivide the box into the number of things that we need. And then we're going oh, to... good old area model. Everyone yeah. loves an area model. So, anyway, so, like, we're teaching them that. And it, that one was a lot of fun because they were, like, really engaged. And 
the hardest part for them was to try and figure out what number to put in the subdivided box. Like that took a lot of effort to try and convince them like the whole box is equal to the total number of students. We need to figure out what anyway. So we're looking through that (laughs) sixth grade math. I was teaching. um, I don't even really know, but we were like doing like mental math for like 3000 divided by 10. We're moving decimal points, basically looking at place value, place values. Right. Mm -hmm. And then like, like the one, like we did like all this work and for all these examples that were just based on 10. And I'm like, looking at this, I'm like, there are so many examples here. Oh my gosh. And then it was like, now we're going to do divided by a hundred. And then it was like, then we're going to multiply by a thousand. And we're just doing places, right? Doing decimal places, counting, moving to the left or the right, like looking yeah. divide. Do I do left or right? Multiply. Do I do left or right? And then how many do I move over? Um, it expanded into a larger concept then, but then we ran out of time and I was just making notes and stuff. They were less than enthused, but it was sixth graders at the last hour trying to work on math. And I was like, I'm really sorry about this. This must not be a lot of fun for you. Totally understand, but we're going to make the most of it. Um, <laughs> um, and it was, uh, it was, it was quite a lot. Um, <clears throat> I'm still on the substitute list. and. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> the day the day was at least mildly successful. He didn't be like, "Take me off the list now." <laughs> they did ask. They were like, "Are there particular subjects like you really want to teach or like want to help with?" So I was like, "Yeah, basically anything biology, like bio, biodiversity, and uh, more, morphological differences in yeah. aquatic species." And Are you got uh, any of that for me? Uh, <laughs> with 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 math i said you know i i re- i really enjoyed um like algebra 2 and even geometry i haven't done anything with that for a very long time so i would just need to you know review and catch up and yeah. have some time spent with that um but um they they were like are you really like you'd like to do that and i was like yeah like i i've I've tutored those topics like it's not that big of a deal like i'm a scientist bro like (laughs) come on yeah (laughs) so that was that was kind of my thesis blap (laughs) (laughs) wasn't gonna do that to them but i was just like drop it on them like what are your qualifications bam so it's like it's fine it's fine um one of the seniors it was really funny um in uh, the uh, yearbook. So they get together to do the yearbook. And um, it's a very small school. That's why juniors and seniors are together. It's a, it's a private school. And they were like, um, oh, uh, they're working on uh, a class project. Uh, this group of students had finished the pages that they were assigned. And they were waiting their next assignment. This was just a placeholder for them. But they were working on another class assignment. And the, the student was like talking to his friends about what his project was for um his math class and i was like oh what are you doing and he was like linear models and i was like oh tell me more i like modeling <laughs> and he was like really thrown off as it was asking him let's go like, oh, yeah and then you're gonna get your r squared value and then you're gonna be able to use that to project out what things how things might change in a linear fashion um he was like, just like what <laughs> he was i did kind of spring on him i was like oh yeah and i was like and, and are you using a stats program or are you just using like excel and he was like that's program i'm just 
just using like he was like graphing it out <laughs> and then like modeling like how to graph uh it was like some graph paper pretty much what he was doing i was like sweet that that works too yeah we gotta start there yeah <laughs> it's true yeah i can't be oh. dropping r's on people when they're like graphing come on now yeah. <laughs> but anyway that was fun so i was just like you know like i feel like it's a it's a potential opportunity for me to um be more involved and and help out with them and so we'll see um we are actually working on so we just uh wrapped up hire the hiring process for um dog walkers and petsters in springfield we are right um have two people on board and uh, megan gets to meet them next week really excited um they're they're already uh writing and blogging and working on that stuff as we are putting ourselves more out there for availability for the services. But um, I was like, okay, well, all of the hard stuff is done now because like I have my Missouri tax ID and I have payroll in place and I have workers comp figured out and I have all this like major headache. I don't have to do that for each employee that I add. I just That's true. throw information at them and those systems gobble it up and do stuff with it. So I was like, now hiring is actually fun because we can. The paperwork's do done. <laughs> yeah, the paperwork's done. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I, we, we, <laughs> we just posted an ad for <clears throat> here in town uh, for help. <laughs> so my hope is that all of the uh, walk and drop ins that I have been doing and that have actually been increasing at an alarming rate. Um, over the past month and a half, uh, I'll be able to hand off to a staff member, have them do. And then I was like, that'll free me up to go do, you know, help out at school and do these other things. So, yeah, we're, we're slowly right. doing something. <laughs> the empire is growing. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's been that's been that's been our week. Uh, been our week. Dang, busy times. What about for you? Uh, did it snow down uh, by, by 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 you all? <laughs> no, it's just very cold. Okay, extraordinarily cold. My lovely dry skin is like, <laughs> yes, just what I wanted. <laughs> Crack break. Yay. <laughs> Perfect. Wait, no. Uh, yeah. How does I really I do anything this week? I'm just sort of like one of those just doing stuff. Like it wasn't really, I don't know, just like work, 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 and more work. Boom. Sure. Doing earthquake stuff. So oh, the buildings you, you have, uh, that's next them. week. <laughs> we got it. So I'm trying to figure out like, yeah, so we're doing that next week. This week we kind of finished up our lock baseline stuff and we did uh, like our new Madrid fault day where all the kids go. Yeah. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's wonderful. I it's my it. favorite. I love that day when they're like, well, are there earthquakes in Missouri? And I'm like, mm, yeah. 
they're like wait sitting down yeah they're like a lot like um potentially (laughs) like big (laughs) potentially (laughs) so we watched that we've been uh we've discovered as a class the usgs earthquake monitoring website where it just like live updates all earthquakes that happen in the world, world yes. uh, and they can see that in any given day there is like 40 plus earthquakes <laughs> just on the planet mm-hmm. so like the seismic activity is ridiculous now most of these earthquakes are like 2.5 and so are basically not felt at all <laughs> right because right. like just around two and definitely under that you don't even feel it really and like 2.5 to 3 it might like shake the dishes in your cabinet but that'll be about it um so they can see like and the map is really cool because it has the all the plate boundaries and so they can see like oh all these are like right on the plate boundaries why is there an Oklahoma new or why is there an earthquake in New Mexico well I'd don't know <laughs> like <laughs> it's like it's mostly uh on the boundaries but interplate seismicity is one of the great mysteries of seismology yeah. and uh we <laughs> Hello, idaho right and- <laughs> yeah right and again new madrid fault uh many theories abound as to why there is a extremely large deep fault in the middle of a tectonic plate but no actual answers um <clears throat> so that's fun when they're that this unit is very interesting in that it's a really good opportunity to point out all the things that scientists don't know yeah and why continuing the science process is very important because we don't know about there's lots that we don't know about earthquakes right it's a very a field open for study and there are lots of things to learn and it's just very interesting to because I think a lot of people kind of take for granted like oh well science knows all this stuff but like big events like an earthquake it's very interesting to watch student reactions when you go well scientists don't really know why that happens they're like wait what (laughs) what do you mean (laughs) so that's really kind of a fun thing to kind of get to talk about, about all the reasons, all the things that we don't know and all the things that we're studying and why it's important to study. And that really hit them on the new Madrid video because we were talking about <clears throat> like the unpredictability of an earthquake, right? And about how one of the main goals of seismology is to try to better predict earthquake activity sure you know (laughs) and when they saw the thing that was like well in the next 50 years there is a 25 to 40 percent chance that the new madrid fault could produce a six plus magnitude earthquake and i was like how do you guys feel about that prediction they're like that doesn't tell us anything. Like exactly. Yeah. That's what I was <laughs> not good. Not 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 good. It's like, are you ready to plan your plan your life around that prediction? They're like, no, that's terrible. I was like, yeah. And one of a couple of the kids actually figured out like, 
Well, that means there's at least a 60% chance that nothing will happen at all. Like, yep. How are those odds? They're like, this is, this is not good. (laughs) They kind of realize, yeah, this is, these are very unhelpful numbers. Um, Yeah. So we talked about like how one of the goals is to get those numbers to be more useful, right? Like, Mm -hmm. oh, we need to be able to predict like much, much closer than in 50 years. Maybe there's a 40% chance that something could happen. Like that's not very good. (laughs) So, uh, those are fun conversations on Friday when we watch the video. Yeah. It's like some old like PBS video or something, but like, uh, it's pretty interesting. It's pretty in depth. We have to pause a lot, talk a lot. Cause they get the one that I have, like they go like real sciencey, real hard in a couple parts. But like, all right, mm. time to translate guys. Listen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they have a lot of inserts of, uh, like people's, like eyewitness accounts, but it's like 1811 writing. So, you know, mm. they're like, well, I just stopped dead in my tracks on this night and blah, blah. Like, you know, they get all like very, <clears throat> very, uh, flowery with their language. I'm like, all right, guys, I know you probably didn't understand that sentence at all, but, uh, <laughs> here's what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that's hard though right because again especially again with geology like they they do actually have quite a long historical record of people writing about something in some way uh and and trying to parse through man okay when this person was actually writing about this event that was actually this earthquake over here um that did this and, uh, and trying to piece together a lot of those stories i can imagine is uh it's, I think it would be fun and fascinating, but it's it, it's hard to work through. What is really hard, and it's pretty interesting. And we the the one good example of that shows up in the video because there is one eyewitness account of this lady talking about how the air was filled with something like smoke. Right, that's what she describes as happening. Yeah, and uh, what it actually was was sand blows, right? Yeah. <clears throat> So the ground in that area, like underground, there's layers of sand. Yeah. And in the shaking, it it experiences like liquefaction, Mm -hmm. right? So all this, it becomes very liquidy. And the overburden, which is all the ground above the sand, pushes down on it real hard. Well, that ground cracks and it basically squeezes all of the sand out of like this crack in the ground. So it's like when you squeeze a Capri Sun Mm -hmm. and all the stuff shoots out. That's basically what's doing with the sand. It's smushing down on the sand because it's all hydraulically charged. Hmm. And then it rockets the sand out of these massive jets. Like these sand, it basically makes sand volcanoes. And there is like all this geologic history in that area that of sand blows. You can see them in the rock layers. <laughs> and there are still evidence of places where like they are. There's just like areas in that southeast Missouri where there's just like, oh, this is a big sandy area. Uh, yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I think that in New Madrid, there's a a golf course, and on the golf course, the one of the sand traps is legitimately just an old sand blow. Oh my! Like gosh. it's actually just <laughs> sand. So when this lady was talking about the yep. the air was filled with her her exact words are with something like smoke. 
It's this yeah. sand that's been blown up 60 feet in the air and is then coming back down. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Which is get, crazy. Yeah. Those kind of eyewitness events and trying to parse through them. And because you're dealing with people who are just experiencing it, they're not scientists, they're not in depth studying this. And you're going, huh, what could that possibly be? So, yeah, that's fascinating. I didn't. Yeah. Man, that's really neat. Although, now that you mention it, there is one eyewitness who was in Kentucky at the time. Uh, a one John James Audubon has written accounts of these events because he was in Western Kentucky and felt the seismic activity uh, from the earthquakes of 1811 and 12 oh, that's in the New Madrid Fault System. <laughs> so he he wrote about it. His writing is, of course, very like insane. Like I found myself in great distress. Like you know, oh. like <laughs> perfect. Exactly what you needed. But the other part that's crazy about the intercrustal seismology is the fact that the crust is very, very, very intact. Right? Yeah. Deep underground in the central US. So yeah. the earthquake the especially specifically the eighteen eleven and twelve event in New Madrid, that those seismic waves traveled tremendous distances mm. because the rock is so solid. Yeah. It's yeah. all like fully cooled, solid intercrustal rock. Whereas like in California, the crust is it's on a boundary, so it's very broken. It's actually very thin. Uh and it's the bottom is like it's warmer, so it's more uh, has more plasticity you know yeah. so the shock waves don't travel near as far yeah as they do uh, in the center so like there are accounts of church bells ringing in charleston south carolina yeah from the seismic events in missouri yeah, <laughs> yeah. which is kind of nuts right it's estimated that they felt this uh, up to 1,200 miles away in southern parts of Canada. Ew. So, like, yeah. So the kids were like, well, would we experience it here if it happened? And I was like, what do you think now? They're like, yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> like we were standing right on top of it, basically. Like, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I mean, it would depend on how big it was, but yes. <laughs> but yeah. Like, if it's, like, a little tiny one, like, no. Because they have little ones a lot over there. You know, yeah. like, yeah. Two, two, three, but like a big one, like six plus. Oh, you bet. We're feeling that sucker. Like <laughs> <laughs> they were not enthused by this news. Um, they Nobody were is. looking at me quite crossly. Like, yeah. why are you telling us all these terrible things that happen? <laughs> <laughs> well, now it's one of those things of like, now you know. Not a whole lot you can do about it, but you know. It's good least. to be prepared, right? It's important. <laughs> you won't be caught completely surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Don't go as to Memphis, right? Just be running, fine. <laughs> yeah, right. Or as you're running for cover, the reason we feel it so much is because the intercrustal seismology has better <clears throat> It's so, It's so great. Yeah. It's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Preoccupied. Preoccupied. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Stop, drop, and hold on.
That's what you gotta Whoa. do. We watched the we watched the California earthquake safety video as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, Hillary's not producing those. No, maybe we should. Boom. Okay, we'll add that to our uh, brother consulting. That's right. true. State of We'll be uh, submitting our that New Madrid uh, fault video. Right, got to get that on there. Public service announcement: New Madrid video. Yeah. Right. Very exciting. <laughs> kind of want to go to New Madrid now. Just hang out. Check it out. <laughs> it's on our list of in-person uh, interview locations. Oh, that's right. It's true. Yeah, it's close to St. Genevieve. We want to go yeah. there, too. So, boom. We'll catch Let's that Eastern. One health poop. <laughs> East, Eastern Missouri. Here we go. <laughs> Coming for you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, uh, so uh, <laughs> we uh, we have some chapters to talk about, actually. Oh boy, do we ever! Uh, Aaron, did you get a chance to read these? Nope. Yep. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now that football's over, I actually have time to do things. So, All right. So for the next book, next we'll book. get. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I. <laughs> My my previous concerns and uh, during the last episode, uh, a clothing test, uh, we were I was concerned about how how things were going to get wrapped up, and yeah, I believe I uttered the word "things are not going to go well for Dally." Oh, yep. <laughs> yeah. Turns out I was the right one, <laughs> and just just going into this. Uh, I know we're going to do, do a recap here, but just my my thoughts over chapters 10, 11, and 12 is I really didn't like them. Uh, for, I like for, parts of them. <laughs> I I thought uh, that after all of the buildup that we had just gone through, and especially with um, 2-Bit, uh, not 2-Bit, um, uh, Johnny, with Johnny just dying, I felt like chapters 10, 11, 12 were like just straight downhill. It wasn't even at a 45 degree angle. It was just like, and done with story. Like, I, I didn't feel like it was a good resolution to this book. It's just going in soon. Yeah, I kind of felt the same way, right? But I, I saw I'm conflicted, okay. right? Because as a story, yeah, I, this book definitely, if I'm putting this on my plot diagram, I am arguing that the climax of this story is the church thing, right? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah. And then we have like eight chapters of like the falling action, which is really kind of weird. But if you think about this story in like a real life context... It actually makes a lot more sense because like a lot of times there isn't like a, just a resolution to like literally everything and stuff just sort of like goes on. You know what I mean? So I can't tell if it's annoying that it has no actual resolution to anything or if it is portraying realism by just kind of existing. Right. 
I can't tell which which way I think more. <laughs> um, yeah, I I'm I'm not going. This is this is where I was like, I I don't think I can give the author really the benefit of the doubt here and be like, oh man, it was so real, and she knew about like how things just happen that it's this is what real life is like. I feel like it was just a bad ending because there was an ending. Um, kind of. That was right. Utterly. Yeah. It was, it was just like, it was, it, there was a finality to it that wrapped up in a weird way to me. Um, but there was like nothing like cherry. Who cares about her? Uh, yeah. Uh, everybody else that was, I, I, <laughs> I almost felt like chapter 12 was basically like epilogue. Right, it wasn't even really like a no, right. It's not like a really end chapter. It's kind of just like epilogue. It's yes. like nothing. Yes, chapter. It's 12. not. Yeah, yeah. I feel that's what I feel. So I feel like I don't really know. Like the because when chapter, yeah, we'll get into it more here in a minute. But like I, chapter eleven didn't really didn't do anything do anything like i felt like that was kind of it right like Mm -hmm. the dude comes over and they talk and then it's just kind of like done like you know what i mean like and then chapter 12 is just kind of like the epilogue it has to be their chapter but i don't you i don't feel that there was resolution yeah so let's let's dive into chapter 10 um uh uh, (laughs) dally has uh run out leaving pony boy like basically to walk home bleeding profusely uh <laughs> yeah yeah that's weird um got to he gets a ride from like some random dude who's like gee kid you're bleeding and he's like oh i'm sorry <laughs> it's like <clears throat> it's like you bleed over my seats it's like i am what yeah, oh. yeah. so yeah john johnny's dead uh yeah Pony gets a ride home from some random dude. <laughs> and yeah, Pony is like <clears throat> messed up. Right. We find out later. We do get at least an answer about that. Like what the heck is going on with Pony here? Uh, <clears throat> but yes, he's he makes a home and he's got he's got to be the one to break it to everybody that Johnny's dead. Yeah. Yeah. And he I will say he 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 comments it's interesting because he comments he says where's the party i thought dolly weren't soda and steve planning a party after the rumble and i realize the reason there's no party <laughs> is because they don't know where he is yeah <laughs> <laughs> of course there's no party they're worried sick about you because you just were abducted by dally to run to the hospital <laughs> and they didn't know that and yeah <laughs> <laughs> and he has to he has to tell them uh he's gone and they don't know where where Dallas is. And um and then Pony starts to have kind of a it starts to all you can you can feel all the reality of what's happening starts to finally hit him. His nerves are finally catching yeah, he, up. Yeah, he him. goes. Yeah, yeah, he just sort of like <laughs> blab. Is this where we find out about the I can't remember. Yeah, he comes home. Yeah. Um. 
yeah, he falls down and he's like throbbing everywhere. And then they get a phone call from Dally, which this is I did not understand. Yeah, this was weird. I did not right? understand the point of because I did not understand the point of Dally calling, especially with what we're about to come up across after this. He's he's just robbed a grocery store and the cops are after him and we've got to hide him and he'll be in the lot in a minute. I don't because and then they all start running and they're just running because I don't know where the lot is, but I'm supposed to be a Thano. And it's that it's that it's that same abandoned lot that they hang out in the holes. It's not very far away from Pony's house in my mental geographic map of this area. It's not super far away from from Pony's house where they are. And I don't know because what happens here is Dally comes around the corner with the police in full tow. Yeah. And Even Steve, who's got broken ribs, I think yes. we learned that at some point. Even yes. Steve, the person I forget exists, is there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he, Dally, turns, raises his gun. Yeah, but uh, you do get this kind of thing where Pony kind of realizes what's happening before it all kind of goes, yeah. right? He's like, oh, he remembers that conversation where Dally's like, I've been carrying a heater. But it ain't loaded, right? He's like, yeah. oh no. He knows what's happening. He's like, oh god. <laughs> but I don't know. Uh, what I'm trying to piece together here is Dally's thought. Dally knows his friends are coming to get him. Did he phone? The, did he make the phone call so that his friends would see him get shot? Or did he really think he had a chance of getting away? And he wanted the help. And then realized, there's no way I'm getting out of this. There's no reason left to live. I'm done. Yeah, I couldn't really figure that out either because especially later, uh, where does it say? Um, When he says, when Pony's thinking about it and he's like, of course, Dally wanted to. Oh, yeah. Uh, But Dally Winston, uh, I knew that he would be dead because Dally Winston wanted to be dead and he always got what he wanted. So. By that logic, he like knew like he. Yeah, so I don't really understand why he called either, because he wanted to go out in the blaze of glory. Right. This is what his whole plan was. That's why he went and robbed the store. Yeah. That's why he pulled the gun out. Because he wanted to die. But why would he? Call everybody to come watch this. The only again, the only reason I think was to to, because of um, I mean, Pony needed to be there for the story, right? Pony needed to be there for the story, yes, so that we could write about this and know what happened. So there is that aspect, but I also wonder if it was part of Dally keeping his reputation alive. That's true uh, too. Like because it it was kind of like this over I did not over romanticized version, but as you said, it was kind of like he went out. Not heroically, but gallantly, right? He died gallant, gallant. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what he says. He says it's like I, I, I kind of feel like he made that phone call so his his people would see that uh, and know that about him and uh, give them closure or what in some weird, sick, twisted way. I don't know, um, but it was it was interesting how uh, Pony Boy grappled with what he was seeing because um, he was understanding the complexity of who Dally was of like 
uh, but he, you know, he, he pulled Johnny through the window. He really helped us. He really cared. And now all he is, is a dead juvenile to live with. Yeah. And, and, and there's, and nothing good is going to be written about him. And it's like, yeah, like again, one of these little cogs of like, like pony boy gets it. He, he's understanding what's going on right now. <clears throat> and then he passes out. <laughs> and I love, I love when he comes up and he's like, Soda, is someone sick? And so I was like, yeah, go, go back to sleep. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> wait, am I sick? He's like, is yeah, now be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and he kind of apparently goes in and out for a long time and is, is really not well. Yes. And again, not to jump the gun, but we do know. We at least find out why later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, no, it's right here. Right. <clears throat> um, yeah, we figured out he is suffering from exhaustion, shock, and a concussion for when he got kicked in the face mm-hmm. at the Rumble. Right. Here, yeah, it's right here. I'm flipping through my book here, so I didn't want to spoil it too much oh, later. But no, <clears throat> so we find out at least he's why he's been being all weird, right? Uh, the exhaustion, obviously, the shock of all this stuff, and then he was in fact kicked directly in the mm-hmm. face in the Rumble. So he's got he's been concussed. Uh-huh. Uh So he's that's why he's been kind of foggy and scrambled right he's like where'd i get my concussion how long have i been asleep (laughs) it's like uh you got your concussion from getting kicked in the head uh and he says uh you know it's tuesday you've been asleep since saturday night (laughs) like whoa what (laughs) a lot and and he immediately goes to i'm not gonna be able to make up any of the school (laughs) yeah and then then this whole thing's the thing that this is where it starts getting real weird, uh-huh. right? And like, I'm not gonna be able to miss school, I've got to go do this. And then, you know, then he starts talking about all this stuff, and like, he just gets all it goes very strange again. Oh, he goes all whole, pony and he gets all weird about the whole like, did I? He feels like he's upset, Derry, because he said, "Did I ask for soda while he was out?" Yeah, I couldn't remember if that was here or in in the chapter eleven when they're at home. But like, yeah, he does kind of like he feels uncomfortable that he didn't ask for Derry because I guess he asked for like his mom and dad even. Uh-huh. <clears throat> oh yeah, you kept asking for me and soda. Sometimes mom and dad too, but mostly soda. And then he like felt guilty that he didn't also ask for Derry because he remembered. That Derry also loves him, and he's like, "Oh wait, but I, I might not. Do I really still not think that because I didn't ask for him?" He's like, uh-huh. "Dude, calm down." <laughs> so Soda jumps in here, and he is looking. Everyone's looking a little rough. Not here, where he's like on the bed, and he's trying to talk with with Pony Boy, and Derry's like, "Please leave him alone <laughs> and stop." Oh yeah, yeah. He's like, easy, man. Leave him. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) take it easy with him. Okay. And he's like, fine, fine. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Oh, and then the whole baloney thing. We get that. That comes back. That was the. Oh yeah. Look at that. He's like, like, hey, don't you like baloney? He's like, no, I don't like. I've never liked it. (laughs) So I was like, oh, that's weird. You used to eat a lot. I wonder why. What could have happened? (laughs) 
Yeah. Like, what the heck, man? I... Oh, Come on. God. And, and, uh, yeah, and then they go to sleep, and then we get into chapter 11. Yes. <clears throat> oh, sorry. Before we do that, he reassures, Soda reassures Pony that he did ask for dairy. And then he's like, okay, okay good. Because I, I was worried I didn't, and but I did. So that's, that's good. And so I was like, yeah, don't worry about it. You did too. So again, the weird things he worries about. Yeah. And then chapter 11, the one that made no sense whatsoever. I had a hard time. Not even a little bit. It really yeah. kind of bothers me, this chapter. It, it annoys me a lot. I don't know why it does this. Oh. Uh. Yeah, he he starts going off about because he, he's in Soda's yearbook and he finds a picture of of uh of the a Bob. young Bob, right? Yeah. The guy who, who who got killed. And he starts again going like who was that kid? What was going on? Uh did he have a kid brother who idolized him? Uh, you know, what made him run wild? But you know, he starts going real deep into that kid and trying to understand what had happened and what steps led up to that moment in the park. Yeah. And then Randy shows up at his house. What the heck? Why are you here? (laughs) Oh, that was so weird. (laughs) And he sits down and he starts smoking in the I mean, you know, Pony smokes all the time anyway. That's like his one character trait that hasn't changed. He just smokes like a chimney, so. Yeah. And Randy's like, this this went off the wheels for me because, again, I understand why this was written. So Randy starts telling him about, like, I'm going to be testifying and um, I'm uh, going to be telling the truth and uh, I just want to to say the right things, and um, he starts to deny, or he he starts to claim that he killed and not Johnny. Yeah, that's the part I was like, "What in the heck are you? Oh my god, Pony, why?" And uh, <clears throat> and, the only, and that, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever, right? Like none. I don't know where this comes out of, and the only thing. I can think of is that a couple points up before this, um, Pony Boy is saying things like, "No, he's not dead. If Johnny's not dead. Don't think about it." Don't yeah, he's like in this weird denial state. Like, and you know, maybe that was his concussion talking, right? Like, or, that's the only other thing I could possibly I, think of. I kind of think it was a way because he wanted to protect the memory of Johnny that he that, that how Johnny died. Um, yeah, uh, he he knew what was in Johnny's heart, and he hero Johnny, hero Johnny, yeah. and he didn't want to have to hear that about coming out of somebody else's mouth about this. Right? It's kind of one of those things of like when you know there's a truth, and when somebody else says it, it, it you don't like hearing it. Um, yeah, and so you do anything to kind of try and cover it, but it kind of like I know that's the only thing I could come up to figure out. Like, wow, that a some flip switched here, and. Yeah what's going on yeah because even at the end right he's like no kid it was your friend the one who died in the hospital and then again he reiterates johnny is not dead right so like 
Are you talking about the like physical Johnny? Because he did, but like <laughs> you're going to talk about like the memory of Johnny, I suppose. This one that you are trying to idolize and hang on to, like the quote real Johnny, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, and he says, and the reason that cued me off into this was, um, he swallowed hard and blinked. He, meaning Randy, was just like the rest of the socials, cold-blooded, mean. Johnny didn't have anything to do with Bob's getting killed. And I think he's trying to contrast here, again, putting these class of, like, Johnny was nothing like somebody who would who'd kill somebody. But yeah, the socials, like, they, they are actually all like that. And saying these these lies about Johnny, Johnny, you know, Johnny wouldn't hurt anybody. And again, these, he's trying to defend a memory of, of Johnny that he has. Yeah. It's just very, yeah, he goes all defensive when Randy talks about getting mixed up in this. Right. And his response is like, he thought he was mixed up in this. Right. Like, and he kind of goes off and goes all crazy and everything. And then, yeah, but, and that chapter's like real short, and that's just it. Boom, done. It, yeah, it's it, all well, just. He tells him to quit smoking. Like, yeah, quit smoking the bed. Boom. Also, uh, don't smoke in bed. Safety hazard, uh, man. And then chapter twelve, the magical chapter of like, man, we've got a lot to cover. <laughs> <laughs> and I, this is what really was like. I was so let down by chapter twelve, uh, mostly because it starts off with them at the trial. Right, um, and the, the he um everyone's just like talking, and they tell him to him straight, and um that like the, the, there's nothing here of like everyone's spoke, and then the judge was like, "Do you like your house? Do you like your brothers? Okay, cool. You can go back and sit down." <laughs> it was like yeah it was it he did make a point of like saying i didn't even get to say anything but the doctor also talked to the judge like beforehand and so i think yeah. i think he was you were left to infer like yo this kid is messed up and he's been totally concussed and is out of his gourd <laughs> yeah probably don't, he's not the one to talk to about this plus yeah yeah i i can i can understand that and being like because you know he's we at the you know, I mean, hey he's trying to recover from this talking about it actually makes it worse so please no. now I need to ask an important question did I miss something or did we get another character trait of pony boy dropped on us in chapter number 12 uh, he says I guess I looked as scared as I really was because the judge grinned at me and told me to quit chewing my fingernails that's a habit I have Pony. Oh. I understand that like this whole book, the whole thing, right? Starting from like chapter two, three, there have been instances where nail chewing would have been a thing that you would have been doing. Oh. And to have it mentioned here only on the last chapter of the book. Now, I'm imagining that he only wrote it down here because the judge specifically pointed it out. Right. But sure. I do think it's really strange to like <clears throat> put that <laughs> like to put oh yeah, I chew my nails when I'm nervous. 
in the last chapter yeah. of a book uh, that's about characters. <laughs> no, I totally yeah agree. Of like, well, that, that's a, that's a habit you have. That's really. weird. That would have been yeah. It's like the track thing. Like, wait, you're just telling me now you're on track? What the heck, man? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah I. I do that. But all this stuff makes a little bit more sense here in a minute, and then I'll be I'll tell you why. But okay. Uh well, uh he does say getting to your point, Brandon, of of um you know, things is there not an ending because that's not how life is. You know, he does say, I wish there could everything went back to normal, but it didn't. Because apparently he was just continuing to run into things, he was not coordinated, he was absent minded leaving like his socks in places or shoes in the locker room. Yeah. We have some like post concussion syndrome happening here, right? Like, yeah. And like maybe not sudden, minor concussion. Like, <laughs> no, apparently, apparently it was like capital B bad kind of yeah. concussion and, and into shock and trauma, you know, PTSD kind of stuff going on here where well, that also PTSD. Cause he said he like, you know, teacher was scared of him like oh yeah later you know and like <laughs> his grades like went way downhill and <clears throat> he started having trouble in english which was like his favorite class before that so he's dealing with all this stuff he's not like it's it's affecting him like his internalizing of of the events of this book have really messed him up right yeah and i think <clears throat> that i think that really gets um showcased in the example where at lunchtime they go to buy get, get coke and candy bars and some socius so up show up oh and yeah like this to me was like wow like, like pony boy is is like altered and and i'm gonna say it it's and i don't i don't know it's like everything to it's, what happened I'll, I'll get to a point here the socials show up and they're like, "Oh, you killed Bob. We don't like that." Meh. And Pony Boy just like <laughs> casually. Uh, yeah, I do like. We don't like nobody killing our friends. <laughs> like what? What <laughs> kind yeah. of sentence is that? Who says that? Yeah, you're like, well, of course, of course you don't. Like it'd be weird if you were like, you killed Bob. We love everybody who kills our friends. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Weird, but Pony Boy just like without thinking, without any fear, like breaks the bottle that it's holding with his Coke and just like get back into the car and like starts threatening them and walking towards them with a broken bottle and they do and they run away and <laughs> yeah and um, Tube it's like you really would have done that wouldn't you have and he's just like I guess so I don't understand why everyone else was so scared like we were just going to go do this we were just going to go rumble and where I was going to fight them with this bottle and then he goes and starts cleaning up the glass but I will say that this to me speaks of all along the way Pony is trying to figure out why did Dally why is Dally like this hey why do you guys like to rumble why do you guys yeah. like to do these things what what's going on here what why are you like this Pony is now like this because of the trauma and of the experiences and the and the the uh, the injuries that he has now sustained through the life of a greaser, and the cycle continues. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's kind of pointed out by Two Bit, right? 
Uh, and again, Steve says nothing because he's not even a character in this book. Come on, Steve, Steve where you at? I'm sorry, who's Steve? Uh, we're in Steve's car, so that's the thing. Uh, <laughs> but but Two Bit turns around. And he's like, Two Bit's kind of shocked by this whole thing. He's like, Dude, what the heck, right? What are you yeah. doing? And he's like, Pony, listen, don't get tough. You're not like the rest of us, and don't try to be, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But in that in that point, what he doesn't, what Two what Two Bit doesn't understand is that Pony wasn't trying to be. He was just reacting. Yeah. Right. He wasn't he wasn't trying to put on airs or trying to bluff. He was just like, okay, fine, let's do this. This is the life we lead. Yeah. And, and but I, then so like, in the same breath, he turns around and and Tubit's like, dude, what are you doing? And Pony is cleaning up all of the glass fragments that he left in the parking lot because he doesn't want somebody to get a flat tire. Yeah. So we're kind of proving that like He's not all gone, right? No. He's st- he's still like he's yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. This, yeah, it's it's really like because again, yeah, it, he's still he's still pony right now because he's still concerned about this. Yeah, um, but in that moment, there was not concern of this other stuff. There was it was just like okay, like he was ready, he was ready to go, and confused why everyone else wasn't. And you're like, ooh, okay, yeah, that's that speaks a lot to. To the kind of change and the impact that, that this lifestyle and exposure to these kind of events re- really does because it just becomes part of I, I, character development here becomes part of who you are whenever you're living that yeah and we get a little bit more of that here in just a minute so oh, yeah <clears throat> we get so they do that they go home right <clears throat> uh oh it's kind of weird soda comes in and he's not doing great either you know and I think that's kind of weird because he's not being all strange and Pony's struggling with his schoolwork because he's all in this weird mode of all this stuff <clears throat> and then Derry gets onto him again and basically you have this another moment he's like the schoolwork's not the point you're living in a vacuum Pony you're going to have to cut it out. Johnny and Dallas are our buddies too, but you don't just stop living because you lose someone. I thought you knew that by now. You don't quit, right? Uh, they start fighting and all this stuff. They have another, they go back to that whole thing and then we realize why Soda was slumping oh. on the couch again. <laughs> Sandy moved to Florida and never opened any of the letters. Oh yes, Sandy, the person I have also forgot existed. Ah, uh, yeah. Hard to yeah. I was like, okay, ooh. But I mean, it's kind of it makes sense, right? Like, I have this story only from Pony Boy's point of view. Yeah, and I don't, I don't. He kind of sums it up right here, right? He's talking about I never realized that I never paid much attention to Soda's problems. Derry and I just took it for granted that he didn't have any. <laughs> right? But this whole time, all this has been going on, and all these things have been hanging over their heads. Soda's been dealing with this whole Sandy thing, right? Uh-huh. Like, he's been dealing with this privately, not saying anything, and this is like the last straw that, like, broke him, and they're not really paying attention to it either. <laughs> Right, mm-hmm. and we haven't been paying attention to the whole book, and again, that's because we are only, only pony, right? But so it kind of it does make sense, right? Yeah. And I forgot about it because Pony forgot about it, you know. Yeah. Oh, 
and so to, so in the middle of uh uh, uh the, the reason this is important here because um in the middle of of soda and sorry in the middle of pony boy and dairy fighting soda <clears throat> runs out because he's like don't oh guys why can't you and then he runs out the door and so and pony boy's like what happened and um and uh that's where they that's where dairy shares like yeah sh- this is going on he cried every night that you were gone uh, every night that week you were gone because you and now uh, sandy and he's been really struggling and pony boy's like oh yeah i guess i never asked him how he was doing and he always asked how i was doing that's how i miss this Uh-oh. yeah and they run out to go get yeah they go find him and they soda tells him like I, I cannot stand being put in the middle of you two fighting and I see both of your sides and I don't want to take a side so please stop fighting. Yeah. Because they were kind of putting they were kind of pitting Soda like against the other or trying to use him and uh, just playing tug of war with, with Soda and it was really it's really eating up Soda because he didn't want to hurt either of his brothers yeah and he was trying to deal with his own stuff right he's dealing with his own thing he's got work and he's got this stuff and he was trying to deal with this sandy situation right and yeah they were both like (laughs) ignoring that and just worried about their own stuff you know yeah yeah but he he goes down and he says uh you know don't fight anymore and then we get this other this glimpse again of of the world and of pony boy realizing, uh, cause he says, Derry looked real worried. I suddenly realized that Derry was only 20, that he wasn't so much older that he couldn't feel scared or hurt and is lost as the rest of us. Um, I thought that was really important because you do have those people in your life, especially, well, I don't know, older brothers that, uh, um, and even younger brothers where you're like, man, like they're so much older. They're so much younger there's no way they could possibly understand what was going on or they've got it all figured out or whatever that um, it's like, Oh, actually no. Like we're kind of still all in this together. Yeah. They're not, he's not really that old. Right. <clears throat> and we do kind of get like the sense from pony boy, the whole, like the way that pony talks about dairy, the whole book, he does seem older. So this moment right here when he's like, he's only 20 is kind of striking because yes he is presented as a lot older, like in Pony's mind, I guess, because again, we have Pony's point of view only. It does, it does feel like Derry is older a lot of the time. So this moment does stand out as rather striking to hear like, Oh, he's only 20. He's not really that different from me. Like we're not that far apart in age. Yeah, and then yeah, and I, th- I think that's really again really important here to put in context for us the readers, but also uh, for, for Pony realizing yeah like okay like uh, he's again this 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 humanizing aspect of of uh, of understanding people are more complicated. And yeah, then, and then they they have the I can't remember who said it here. It's I guess it's Soda. He says you know um you know we're all we've got left we ought to be able to stick together against everything if we don't have each other we don't have anything and if you don't have anything you end up like dallas 
Yeah. And I don't mean dead. I mean like he was before. Yeah. That's worse than dead. <clears throat> so you kind of have this counterpoint of like, you know, because I'm imagining they've run down the thing. They're probably not too far away from where he died. Right. Having this conversation because yeah. the lot I don't think is very far from the house. I don't think so. They made it very far before they caught him. Uh, <clears throat> so they're kind of, you know, comparing this to Dally. So don't be like that, you know, because especially when you're juxtaposing it to how Pony reacted at the gas station. Right. That's how yeah. Dally would have reacted. Yeah. You know, like, well, I'm just going to stab you because who cares? <clears throat> you know, so having that juxtaposition of, of soda saying like, you don't want to be like that. Cause that's worse than death. Like having nothing to live for is not yep. good. So you do kind of have that opposite here. <clears throat> mm-hmm. oh, and then they, uh, then they race home and of course because <laughs> again they're children yeah uh, right yeah yeah just kids. no it makes sense you know why not and he still doesn't want to do his homework and so he decides i need to start emotionally processing johnny's death yeah and, <laughs> well i mean he's got to start somewhere sometime. you know yeah no why not now and especially with F coming to peace again and, and coming up terms and, and having more security with with his brothers, it, it's a safe time for him. And, uh, but he does say, you know, I just thought that maybe if I played like Johnny wasn't dead, it wouldn't hurt so much. Yeah. Kind of like, and he gives the, I love this example of that. The way two bit grieved was he was mad at Dallas because he had his switch blades on him. And so he didn't have the switch blades anymore. Oh, it's true Dally because yeah, whenever yeah. Dally died, the, he had it on his body and the cops took it. Yeah, <clears throat> and that was two bits prized possession. Yep, and the black handled switchblade. But that he was, but he was, he was better able to grieve the loss of the switchblade than the loss of Dallas, and so he grieved the switchblade. Yeah, which I thought was, ooh, that was that was like okay, like that is definitely a coping mechanism with with loss and with grief. Yeah, but then you have the ultimate. Uh coping with loss and grief because Pony's trying to find something to read to try to distract him. Uh-huh. So he picks up the only book in the house that he hasn't read 75 times, which of course is Gone with the Wind. Johnny's copy of Gone with the Wind. And wouldn't you know it, a paper uh, falls on the floor. Oh my gosh. Like this... <laughs> This paper would have been helpful a chapter and a half ago. That is definitely true. <laughs> Man. Where was the... Yeah. <laughs> guys. Oh. Uh, again, there's no way to know. Right. So, But yes, you do read this and go, oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. So I guess if there is any real closure in the book, if the book has any closure at all, it, it's this letter from Johnny. Page 178. Right. Page 178. That is it. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because then he realizes, he realizes, he's like, because Johnny's like, hey, tell Dally the stuff. And Pony's like, tell Dally? It's yeah. too late to tell. Pony. Too late to tell Dally. But, mm-hmm. but he's like, you know what? I bet there are a bunch of other Dallys out there and a bunch of other Johnnies out there who need to be told this and need to be uh, shared this story. Someone needs to tell them. 
Then he rings his English <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah, you get the, like, he wants, yeah, that's, there's that part where he, the the part that's, like, I think crushes pony soul the most is, like, I want you to have Dally look at a sunset. He'll probably think you're crazy, but ask him for me. Uh, like, yeah. Oh, no. The sunset the is back. Sunset wrap around. <laughs> 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 and he does explain to him the most famous line from all of the outsiders, the stay gold pony boy. Oh, our our yeah. poem from the church comes back, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, he kind of tells him what he meant by that. Yep. So every new kid every every new dawn, yes, get used to everything. <laughs> yes. yes, and then he brings his English teacher, which phone books in twenty twenty one. What's that? Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, and. uh can we just talk for a side note? Oh. Can we just talk about how glad I am that my students can't look my name up in a phone book and call me whenever they want? Right. Is this great? <laughs> right. Oh, I know. Oh, yes. That would be that'd be awful. It'd be um, horrendous. To have that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And oh, I guess I guess we kind of missed over this thing of his grades are so bad that his English teacher has told him, "Hey, if you could just write like a really good paper." Or a paper at all, I'll give you a C. Yeah, I I will pass you. And so he's been struggling to come up with a topic and he doesn't know what to write about. And so he sits down after saying, uh, it just doesn't have to be less than five pages. And and he's like, can it be longer? He's like, sure, it can be longer. Can it be 180? Eh? Eh? Them apples. Yeah, how about them apples? Turns out, he starts writing a story about stepping out from the bright sunlight from the darkness of a movie house. I had only two things on my mind. Paul Newman and a ride home. Oh, the opening line of this very book. That's true. Pony boy wrote this for us. That's true. So, now, a lot of things make a lot more sense. Yeah. Right? Because in like a really meta way, all of these criticisms and gripes that I've had about this book are not gripes to S.E. Hinton. They're gripes to Pony. Right? So I'm sorry, Miss Hinton. I'm griping at Pony Boy only. Um, In a weird way, it makes a lot of the things that annoyed me about the book like more forgivable because you are reading Pony's coping mechanism. Right? So the fact that like he, you know when you tell a story to people and then all of a sudden like you go oh yeah, anyway, by the way, this is a thing. Okay, yeah, you need to know that. And then you keep going to tell the story. Like basically all this podcast ever. Um, that's what Pony is doing yeah. when he says things like, "Oh, I chew my fingernails sometimes." In chapter twelve, it's a habit, right? It wasn't. It wasn't really important ever again. And the only reason that he wrote it down is because he remembered the judge telling him about it specifically. Yes. Right. <clears throat> yep. 
The only reason he said a lot of that stuff at the beginning of the book was not to introduce you to the characters. He was remembering his friends like they were. He was remembering Dally when he was still alive. He was remembering Johnny when he was still alive. So thinking about the way that Johnny is represented specifically, but also Dally and some of the other characters, you thinking about this as Pony writing about them after they're dead makes a lot more sense. Right? I am slightly annoyed that we like had to get all the way to the end for me to be like, oh, okay. Well, that makes sense now. But like, it makes more sense. Right? Those like weird little details that were not important. Right? They were important to Pony because those are the important things that define his daily life. And so, like, it's actually really interesting that she wrote it this way, right? She almost wrote it like Pony was writing it, you know what I mean? Like, like I'll also add, like a concussed Pony was writing this. In yeah. Print, which, like, to me was like, okay, all those times where we were, like, weirdly daydreaming and it wasn't making sense and it was kind of rambling, it's like, I understand now. Or um like yeah, so it was interesting how she wrote it as Pony having experienced all of this stuff concussed writing it is a way as like a memoir and dedicating it really to at this point to Dally and to to Johnny as a way of of warning others about that way that about you know lifestyle and choices and um pointing out those flaws um I, yeah when i when i got to that sentence i was like okay a lot of the stuff i see now i see now and it still doesn't make me like the writing or how it ended yeah but it makes more sense though <laughs> but it makes right? more like sense. yeah it makes a lot more sense it finally makes sense <laughs> yeah it does and i <clears throat> Yeah, because we know that this book is literally written by Pony. Yeah. Right? As like, this color prism, everything makes more sense now. You're right. I don't necessarily love all of it, but I'm at least much more content with it because it, it has at least a meaning now. Right? Yeah, that and I can before. sort of justify that in my mind. <clears throat> I understand, I understand the choices more and that for me makes it it's, it's more digestible because I can understand the choices and where these things are coming from because it is pony telling you the story, yeah. which is why we don't necessarily have resolutions for everything with like cherry and all that stuff because it might not have happened yet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There is still, or he might not have ever known or, but you're right. Like, there's still there's still it happened more, more to the story. Yeah, it happened after he turned in the paper. Yeah. Right? It happened like a week later. Right. It like you know what I mean? Like so it, it does leave it open for this these resolutions in his life could have occurred after he wrote these down. Yeah. So he wrote down just this section. <clears throat> which again is what makes it such an isolated story. Right. Still- Everything just resolves around like this right you wouldn't the reason that we don't have like 
place names and all this stuff is because Pony doesn't need them because he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the thing that makes this story like really actually timeless is because Pony didn't need them in his writing. Right. Because this is like, the story feels like removed from any time, but also like it could happen literally anywhere except for like weird terms, like Madra shirts. It's like, or it could, huh? Or heater. Yeah. Or the fact that people are driving around Corvairs, right? Like, it could happen. This could, this story, these events could have happened like last year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> but because Pony didn't need to write down like geographic details because he knew where it all was happening and it wasn't important to the events of the story that he was trying to cope with. Like you get this like sort of timeless thing, kind of an accident, right? <clears throat> Which is really very interesting. Yeah, and I think that that's one reason why it is, uh, it, well, it makes it a classic, uh, and uh, I think it makes it a lot more complicated uh, to parse through. And I, I guess in one aspect, it is nice that it's kind of left at the end, because then you do get that, oh, okay, moment uh, to kind of reflect back on. And you do find, I found myself skimming back through the rest of the previous 11 chapters, going, okay, that, okay, okay, and like, seeing everything kind of unfold like dominoes going back um and things clicking a lot more for me um than they did while i was actively reading it i guess that that's part of this uh i don't know i don't really really what that does to a reading experience you know experiencing a book in real time and not knowing the end i think that's this was this was good in that that we were able to to piece piece it back together um I so for that I think it's good uh, for showing that kind of writing style. Um, for most everything else, still I'm still it's about a uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm more positive on this book. I'm gonna go ahead and rate it. I, I'm gonna give it a six, um, just because I had to slog through twelve chapters to get there. But you know, there it is. <laughs> that one chapter killed me. What, whichever one it was, the one that right after the church, that chapter still is the worst thing ever. But uh, yeah, I would say generally more positive than I. I know I rag on it, but I did enjoy it more than I make it sound like sometimes, right? <clears throat> Especially with how much I drone on about certain things. Like I would say, yeah, definitely a solid. I I might even go seven. Right, it's pretty good. <laughs> But again, I think yeah that the saving the realization for the end is is uh, mildly annoying. But it does, I did like the that you kind of then had to think about the rest of the book, yeah. like you kind of did have to go. Oh wait, because it did change my perception about a lot of things, right? Because like I said, a lot of things I was just like super upset about and like really grumpy about. Kind of all of a sudden I was like, oh, okay, well. I'm not so grumpy about that anymore. <laughs> it makes sense now. So that's the one bit. That's the other bit of closure that I have is I know now that I was reading Pony Boy's English assignment, and it is him dealing with his trauma. Yeah, just out there. Yeah. So that makes it. 
It just makes the whole book make more sense. A little more tolerable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I can forgive a lot of stuff. Yeah. So, I'm glad we read it. I'm uh, I'm interested in what book we choose next. We'll have to yeah have those discussions and uh, might have to take a break. Might have to go back to solid movie territory for a little think, palate cleanser yeah, we'll, we'll take in the middle. But from the movies, uh, from, the, from the from the from the literature. But uh, yeah, no, I think I enjoyed this a lot. Me too. I would like to do another one. Okay. Yeah. We're on the run. We're on with that. All right. Good. Okay. Perfect. Well, that was uh, uh, our uh, one, two, three, four, five, six-part series on uh, the... <laughs> wow, look at that. We need to read another one just for more content. Holy cow, people. <laughs> six-part series on The Outsiders. And uh, yeah, looking forward to whatever one we pick next. But uh, that's, that's good for me, guys. Yeah. Thanks, I like it. Okay. Love you guys. Love you, too. Bye. Bye.